0: Like Nutella was an okay breakfast spread. It is a chocolate spread. (laughs) They got sued. They got sued because of how good their marketing is. (laughs) We punished someone for being really, really good at their job. Welcome to the catch up. Introducing your hosts. Eli Aruth. Editor in Chief.
1: And Jeffrey Kutnick, CEO, and apparently the only guy who takes this podcast seriously. Of the craziest, most bestest, news-breaking, food-porn-peddling, viral website on the dot-coms, Food Feast. It's crazy when your future is decided by an algorithm. Dude, this pizza is fucking crazy. There's not one person in this entire world that believes you. All
0: right. And welcome to the catch up. Welcome back. Ooh,
1: ooh. That's a sound that you normally make that I was just trying to emulate. I should have
0: just done that because I'm going to look back and listen to this like fucking in the sauna and hate that I started the podcast like that. You always,
1: You actually hate every single time that you start with welcome. Yeah, but
0: you still do it because we have this like crazy intro that already (laughs) welcomes you to the podcast. And then I say welcome to the podcast. Anyway, I just want to say pause. Everybody just pause because last week this was fun when we did it. There's no ads this week on a catch up because we love you guys. But I want to thank everyone who did leave a review on the iTunes podcast store last week. That was pretty sweet. because We asked you to do it. and You did it. So let's just do it again. If you're listening and you've been enjoying the catch up. Thank you. We see you. And even if you left a review last week, go leave another one. Uh, if you don't know what to say, just tell me your favorite breakfast food. Spoiler alert, we're gonna be talking breakfast today, but tell me, like, do you like pancakes, cereal, breakfast burritos, dim sum, whatever it is, just leave it as a review. And if you want us to shout you out next week on the podcast, leave your Instagram handle. Leave it in the comment and I will see it. And then I'm gonna shout you out and to show you that I'm actually a man of my word. Uh, I'm going to shout out of a few of the folks who left a review last week saying quesadilla. So uh, shout out to at Bobby Been There. We love you. Thank you. At CCS Sweets. Love you too. Check out your account. Keep it going. Uh, and at Danny Fam. The A is a V. D-V-N-N-Y Fam. Love you too, big dog. Thank you for listening. Uh, so go ahead. I'm going to wait a couple seconds. You guys can pause the podcast. You're not going to miss anything. And then come back, please. Leave the review. All right. That's it. That's the ad read, baby. Let's go. Uh, so, Jeff and I. We were on the staircase. We're on the staircase here in the office. With Iz. With Izzy. And we're just, we're just chatting. And then I asked a question about breakfast for some reason. And I was just like, do you, Jeff, do you even eat breakfast? Which uh, I then responded and still respond. I do not eat breakfast at
1: all. Pretty much at all Monday through Friday, I should say.
0: And then I was like, oh, shit, okay. I, don't, I haven't eaten breakfast in a while. Like six of the seven days of the week, I don't eat breakfast. And then I was like, do you eat cereal? And Jeff, you? But, yes. You eat cereal. I always eat it as dessert. And there you go. I was like, dude, I love cereal, but I don't have it for breakfast ever. It's always an after dinner thing or I'm high or I'm drunk and I enjoy cereal. And Izzy, do you eat breakfast? I
2: Don't mostly because I just don't make enough time in the morning Mm -hmm. and then I'm rushing to get over here and I just really don't make time for breakfast. So I really haven't had a traditional type of morning breakfast in a long time.
0: Yeah. And so like with all that, we just like looked at each other and we're like, dude, let's just fucking talk about breakfast. Like the main question we wanted to ask ourselves and figure it out is breakfast still a valuable thing to us as people, to us as foodies. Is it there? And a lot of the talk we're going to have is fair to note that breakfast kind of comes with a heavy handed like health direction. Like you eat it or you don't eat it because of some sort of health utility, whether it's like speeding through your morning and you don't have time for it. Or a diet that you're eating kind of keeps you limited there. Or you know what you're getting into for the day. So maybe you don't have as heavy a breakfast or a breakfast at all.
1: Yeah, or even in the way that we've been conditioned from at least you and I, Eli, from our childhood. Mm-hmm. Of My mom would always say, have breakfast because it's the most important meal of the day. Word. She would just say that. And then I would think that. Mm-hmm. and uh, And I remember being... I remember being in high school, and we would we would have zero period right, which is seven a.m. Yeah, right, early as shit. And my mom would say, "You have to eat breakfast. You have a big day of school and basketball practice. Like you have to eat breakfast." And I would try to force down food at six a.m. because I this is I left for school like at six twenty or six thirty, which means I had to try to shove something down my gullet around six a.m. And there were multiple times in school where I would force it down, and I would just throw throw it up, for real. Like just because I didn't, you're not hungry. I wasn't hungry. I forced it down, and then I didn't, and I didn't want it. And so, and that's not. It wasn't regular. It wasn't like an eating disorder. It Wasn't anything related to that. It was just like, oh, I didn't. It didn't feel natural to me Mm -hmm. to eat this early. Also, probably because I was. I tended to eat late because of homework and basketball practice. Mm -hmm. So for whatever reason that I think a lot of us have been conditioned that breakfast is an important meal because we were raised that way. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation to just bring that subject back. Right. And address that question. Is it, is it the most, is it the least Dude, Does it I, matter?
0: I, 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 I always thought breakfast was the most important. And not just as like a health thing. But I thought it was like the sexiest, most nostalgic meal you could have. Like, just I have always these dreams and memories of like waking up and you smell bacon sizzling. You hear things crackling in the kitchen. You hear the toaster kind of pop. Oh, the toast is ready. Like, there's elements of breakfast that you don't get that sound and that emotion and that like kind of energy from any other meal like to explain a lunch that you remember where it was like that (laughs) or when you have like a sleepover when you're a kid or you go out like camping with your friends you look forward to the breakfast like it's those smells that wake you up it's that's what you like cook together because people can break that off. Very rarely are we doing that for dinner or for lunch. So it kind of became sad to me when I realized that the way I wake up right now is like I have a coffee in the morning and I go straight to work. I don't have time. So I and it's and it's stressful to try to think of a breakfast every morning. But where I do enjoy it is on the weekends. Like right. because Time isn't as much of a constraint on a Saturday and Sunday. Like I could go have brunch at 11. And I think what I hope we talk about is that like American culture kind of is they're kind of adjusting to that. We're like it used to be an iconic thing that McDonald's breakfast isn't served past 11 a.m. I remember Big Daddy, like the movie where fucking Adam Sandler is screaming at the guy over the counter at McDonald's because, like, he's not serving him breakfast because it's now 10.30 a.m. instead of 11. Like, that's a fucking spoken word about our breakfast culture. And now McDonald's serves breakfast all day. Like, it's a, It's like we can enjoy these breakfast foods just not at the arbitrary or is it arbitrary time of, like, pre-10 a.m., pre-9 a.m. When do we really need... A bacon egg cheeseburger in the morning before our work day that isn't that strenuous so like but i think a good thing is like what does breakfast even freaking mean
1: yeah and and for me breakfast is defined by the food surrounding breakfast and it's not defined by the time period hmm. so i still have a huge emotional connection to breakfast but if we're measuring it is it the most important quote-unquote meal of the day? Well, it's not for me because I'm only experiencing it once or maybe max twice a week. So dinner is more important to you. So I would just say, well, at least I'm having dinner. I, I would imagine that alone, by definition, makes it more important um, than a meal that I'm literally skipping. <laughs> yeah. For and uh, I'm literally skipping to wait for lunch because... Well, there, there's a couple of reasons. I think the first, one of the first things is uh, I like eating too much. Mm. So if I have three meals a day, I will, I will pack 2,500, 2,800, 3,000 calories easy. Cause I just, I can eat at any time, mm-hmm. even if I'm not like super hungry. So by having, by skipping breakfast, I can then feel a little bit better about overeating a little bit in each lunch and dinner meal, knowing that I didn't I just basically skipped 800 calories or 600 calories or whatever that breakfast equivalent would be. And in theory, the breakfast that I like is pretty intense from a calorie, carb, fat perspective. I love I love breakfast sausage. Fuck yeah. I bro. love pancakes waffles french toast oh my god even if you even if you go to my favorite cereals ctc cinnamon toast crunch good lord those are
0: all desserts. those are all, those are all desserts <laughs> you literally just named <laughs> desserts bro you're at the buffet line and you just hit the dessert section i mean i want people to know that we're gonna talk about diets because like that's kind of what led me to not having breakfast so often I also want you to know that Jeff and I and Izzy, unless you're hiding something from us, we're not nutritionists. And we actively decided not to have a nutritionist as a guest on this podcast. We have great friends who are very well knowledgeable in nutrition and health. Could have had a doctor on here. But we kind of wanted to just fucking talk breakfast the way that you and your friends at home would talk breakfast through like half-assed internet research. And I'll have
2: you know that I took not one, but two nutrition classes in college twice. Well, because I failed the first time, but (laughs) still, still, I took two nutrition classes. So I'm going to school all you guys today.
1: And I think that's important to mention Eli, mainly because when we were talking about bringing a guest on, whenever we, we talk about nutrition with somebody as a source, it's a very specific lens of information that they carry. And, That lens of information can be a great source of information, but it typically is so niche that it doesn't necessarily help your day-to-day unless you're going to completely shift and take whatever this person is saying as gospel. And I think that's one of the biggest problems that I have talking with nutrition with anybody. And this happens constantly with my girlfriend, Mm. constantly where she's like, Hey, well, actually, I just heard something where fasting is good because when we uh, earlier as a species, like when we were hunter gatherers, we wouldn't be eating anyway because it would take a certain period of time to get what we needed to eat for that day. And therefore, we're aligning our metabolism with our ancestors.
0: And that's better. Bro, right? That's gobbling up some bullshit because our ancestors didn't live that long. Well,
1: uh, I, the I life just, expectancy was lower. Again, lowered. that could be true. I don't. I don't say it's wrong. I just think that's one of a thousand opinions right. that I've heard over the course of my lifetime. Could be right. I don't care enough to validate or fact check it. I'm not going to tell my girlfriend she's wrong or that she f- she's not saying it's fact either. She's bringing up a theory and saying that she likes this idea. Great. But the amount of times that we've now heard fad diets or shifting this or hey you should be snacking all day all these things that we've now heard over whatever fads are kind of happening we just want to talk
0: about as three normal guys talking about breakfast word because nutritionists and stories about what is healthy in the moment is freaking exhausting to me bro is wine healthy or not (laughs) but can i have wine for breakfast yeah i heard and everything always gets debunked by the outlier, like Winston Churchill, who has fucking whiskey, coke, until he's ninety years old.
1: Yeah, uh, starting at eleven a.m. served. I just I just watched Darkest Hour, which is a great movie that is, is completely around Winston Churchill, and he served these huge trays. And I'm going off the movie, so I don't know so this Prime for Prime minister fact, of UK. Prime minister of the UK, right during the cusp of World War II, and this guy is getting served the what English breakfast has kind of been defined as, right? So uh, beans, tons of sausage, eggs, toast,, mm, and that's a really heavy, heavy breakfast to also then wash it down with his quote unquote, digestive, which was just booze. And <laughs> did
0: they ever see a- any lived and up? he
1: lived until he was ninety years old under the what under the most stress that a person could ever ever, ever, ever be a part of. I mean, he was making decisions for the lives of hundreds of thousands of men in World War
0: II. Bro, this Winston Churchill fella. (laughs) I was reading up (laughs) on This fella. This fella. This uh, speck of history. Amazing. Dude, I was reading on the food that he got, like, delivered. You're saying to his bed. But every morning, this dude would have two trays of food. He's part of a lot of lists of, like, Here's what 11 of the world's leaders eat for breakfast. And like you would ex- – 11 out of those 12 people, it's like routine and it's very light. Very light. Like I'll have an apple and a coffee. I'll have, you know, hot water with lemon and a grapefruit. Some yogurt. Right. So here's Winston Churchill coming along. This dude had two different trays Delivered every morning, poached egg, on one tray, poached eggs, toast, jam, cold meats, grapefruit, and a whiskey soda. Like they were so big, it needed two trays. On the other way, other tray, which is basically his digestive tray, where his grapefruit would sit, he would have a bowl of sugar, just sugar. I'm sure he was sprinkling it, <laughs> maybe, onto his grapefruit if it wasn't <laughs> sweet enough for him. This is probably before. Cereal was really starting to crack off, so you needed to find a way. And then after all this shit, he would sit down with his whiskey soda and smoke a cigar. Oh, constantly. Bruh. Like, amazing. If you can't, like, but... I'm, all of, all of that goes against contemporary guidelines of how you should live and eat your life, right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, pro- echoing that, it's probably a stressful life, right? Like, leading troops, leading a freaking country, like... Against Hitler. Yeah, I guess when one they of the were most lo- trying times. <laughs> when and, they were and, losing the war. Yeah.
1: Like, he becomes prime minister at a time where they have to find a way to evacuate 300,000 troops from a beach in France. Otherwise, their entire army is decimated and they're about to get bombed by the Germans.
0: Like, that's when he became prime minister. But, like, uh, first of all, I don't know that much history. So, I, what you're saying is great. yeah um. <laughs> <laughs> I have no context for what you just said. <laughs> Listen, guys, I've seen Save Private Ryan. But Say I, more.
1: But I but I do think the history of breakfast is probably pretty important for this conversation. You've done research on assuming. I, and I would love I would love to go through at least a little bit so we have some context, right? So because we talked about Winston Churchill eating eggs. So eggs goes as far back as Roman times where essentially not only in Roman times, but for, for centuries after where eggs became an easy source of protein as well as it was like cheap and affordable. Right.
0: Which it is to this day, which, which is, is great. still yeah. to
1: this day. Okay. Right. Makes sense. Um, and so that that's pretty interesting because when we think about, uh, well, eggs is a Western thing. So if, even if it started in Roman culture, blended into European culture, Became a staple in the United Kingdom and then came over as as America, and the United States was was started. That's at least a rough understanding of how eggs have kind of transplanted, kind of throughout.
0: Why were they eaten in the morning? So, or were they always eaten in the morning?
1: So there's a there's a loose theory because when eggs are laid in the morning by chickens so it's something that can be gathered fresh in the morning they also lay eggs from what i've read up until 3 p.m in the afternoon so that's not necessarily the the most concrete answer Uh, but i mean the strongest answer for why eggs is because it's what people have been doing for a, a very very long time right so it's probably just how people were raised and they just continue to push that on to to future generations breakfast in america is interesting because in the late 1800s we well one breakfast would change drastically and have two really big swings of the pet pendulum the first swing of the pendulum is going to go with Harvey Kellogg, Dr. John Harvey Kellogg, founder of Kellogg's. Kellogg's of what we know today, who was a doctor and built a health foods company in the late 1800s specifically on a theory that he thought that with better "quote unquote better for you breakfast foods" that you'd be able to live a better life. So he built he built a company around it. So what? And then we got frosted flakes. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. And, 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 yeah, there's, there's obviously still a debate on whether that's, on whether that's true or not. But so that was a pretty big shift from think of like the hearty English breakfast to toasted oats, multi grain cereals that this, this company was creating and pushing out there. And a big part of the reason that they were having success is because, Americans were going through a lot of indigestion in that period because of how heavy that food was. <laughs> so that, that switch to go kind of slightly healthier was very successful and obviously successful because you can still pick up Kellogg's to this day um, in any grocery store on but the in the country.
0: I feel like it's just like fundamentally different why we need breakfast than when like maybe the proprietors of the breakfast that we know today started it like especially like the industrial revolution It just basically like work getting physically easier as sure. opposed to like need like you don't need the the old adage that i always heard like from my parents and basically like countrymen is just like you eat like a big breakfast to get you the energy you need to like keep plowing cattle and like fucking harvesting shit that's not a Really? Plow. You're 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 not allowed to plow cattle, guys. Cattle, plow. Plowing
1: cattle, different kind of Herding cattle. Herding cattle is a thing, right? Herding cattle is good. Like, we we just don't
0: need that much breakfast to sit at a computer. Like, we just don't need it. Right. And, like, frankly, work got easier over time. We spent
2: half our lives eating breakfast just to go sit at school.
0: Word. And... That is, like, a fundamentally crazy thing that, like, our food pyramid and our parents and media all told us, like, wake up the way that Jeff was, like, force-fed breakfast like a fucking duck. <laughs> sorry, like, mom. Sorry. That's not how it was, but, That's yeah. For the analogy, we can go with it. <laughs> like, and, and my parents were the same. Like, eat breakfast on your way out. Have Did you guys coke. ever
2: do breakfast at school?
0: My parents wouldn't let me do that shit.
2: I didn't know that was a thing until like seventh grade because I never got to school early enough. And I like my dad dropped me off early one time and I saw everyone eating breakfast. And I was like, yo, there's oh. breakfast at school. <laughs> what was the <laughs> breakfast? <laughs> I don't even Well, it was, it was like the usual like cookies a and muffin, muffin or like the milk or stuff like that. But I was like, I didn't know this was a thing. Like all my life, I was just eating huevos con chorizo at home, nah. which is the... Uh, Like, the worst as well. It's so greasy. Just a bunch of chorizo in the morning. Yo, bro. 18 years of my life.
1: Also the best. Absolutely. (laughs) Like, I know what you mean when you said it's the worst because you're literally sleeping through your first three (laughs) periods based on what you ate. But, man, it's also the
0: best. And you're young, so you're not, like, told to counterbalance it with coffee. Like, coffee is the best breakfast. Like, just that's all I have. Coffee. I'm full till 2 p.m. And I have whatever the heck I want. That too. Whether it's the breakfast burrito that I wanted or a salad, whatever it may be. Jesus, the breakfast burrito. That game God. changed. Okay, talking about high school. I, when I got my car my junior year, I stopped eating breakfast at home. That's when I probably stopped eating cereal, and I realized the beauty of the California breakfast burrito. <laughs> I realized I can get it in a drive-through. I realized that's a two-pound thing that's delicious, and I can consume, and. I was always so curious why I was falling asleep. <laughs> I like would fall asleep? Zero period, first period, second period, break, third period. And I have a lull. I didn't drink that much coffee in high school. But the common denominator was a two-pound breakfast burrito with eggs, hash browns, salsa, cheese, bacon, like That will put you to bed. For
1: what? It weighs a pound. The burrito you're talking about is literally you're putting a literal pound of food into your body and asking your stomach to digest it over the course of however long that takes.
2: Yeah. I wonder where, like, where in the food pyramid they look like, all right, this is the perfect burrito. Sausage, eggs, hash browns. Boom. You got all your basics from the food pyramid, right? Two pounds of everything.
0: Well, a food pyramid is literally upside down in terms of what you need. Like it's so, it's so bad. Like they actually put stuff on there. Like there's fat spreads and oils, but they're showing butter, margarine, like cheese, milk. Like it's totally flawed at this point based on the knowledge that we have. And what's crazy is hearing, do you know some of the early stories about like bacon and like Kellogg's like they're bringing the cereal into the game and kind of fashioning and doing great PR work back then in the early centuries of like why this stuff is good for you why it's satiating for you why it's good like real talk we're in marketing here at Foobies like if some if, if a waffle company came to us and was like make this shit sexy for us get people to eat it more we would find a way to do it we would do it really 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 well, Dude, well and, and, and that's
1: exactly what the, a pioneer of modern PR and marketing did in the 1920s Edward Bernays who is recognized as the father and founder of public relations was really was tasked with the idea to help find a way to sell more bacon from the Beechnut nut packing company and so what did this guy do he surveyed 500 doctors, give or take, and he asked them a very simple question. Is it better to have a hearty meal or is it better to have something lighter? Majority of doctors, quote unquote, I don't, haven't looked at his data, so I don't know if this was the fact, but he used the data of the majority of doctors say that a hearty breakfast is better. They didn't say anything about bacon, and they didn't say anything about eggs, but he positioned eggs and bacon as the hearty breakfast attached to this study, quote-unquote study. And that's the reason if anyone thinks that a hearty breakfast or uh, is good for the remainder of your day... It's because of that person in in 19
0: in the 1920s. Bro, if and that's Whoa. how loose that's how wild and loose it was in the 1920s. Think of how fucked we are right now with like with all the knowledge we have, doctors still don't prescribe proper things. They're still so heavily influenced by lobbyists. Lobbyists, the cute pharmacy tech or the cute the farm, uh, rep. The farm rep that comes into your doctor's office or your dentistry and is like yo pitch this toothpaste like you get this it's just as good as the other one you're gonna get paid more per the doctor doesn't have the time to really dig deep into the studies about this one toothpaste but if it does some of the same things that you promised cool like those things are happening still to this day you don't think it's happening in your food it's happening it's happening all fucking day,
2: and it's still happening specifically for breakfast because mm. we could still be listening to doctors or nutritionists who have books coming out and they're trying to tell you like, Yo, if you fast this way, like that's like having breakfast at two p m is the way to go, or if you're doing keto, just eat meats for breakfast, that's the way to go, and we're basically still looking. Through the media on how to eat our breakfast and what's the proper way to eat our breakfast yo so we're... it's still going on right now
1: exactly what that dude did in 1920 well're well not exactly well, <laughs> it is and we're part of it as food beasts like we're a part of it we when we work with a breakfast cereal when we showcase a breakfast cereal is it a
0: quote unquote breakfast cereal bro is it candy dude I just realized mm-hmm. I got fucking hypnotized. I got duped by Kellogg's today. Here's what happened. This I don't know why. Okay, we're just talking about cereal. I put up a thing on Instagram and asked people, like, when do you eat cereal? Breakfast, lunch, dinner, never. Do you? When do you do it? Crazy amount of answers. Most people aren't eating it for breakfast. That's also not that groundbreaking anymore, right? So we cover breakfast cereals on Food Beast less. Uh, I'm sure there's been some sort of dip in breakfast cereal sales overall as opposed to like the buttoning like early 2000s, late 90s. Sure. Like breakfast cereals hot. That's a good time to eat it. How do they get back in our lexicon? Did they lose breakfast? Breakfast cereals know that they lost breakfast. What do they do? They start collaborating and releasing breakfast cereals that utilize treats that aren't breakfast case in point a fucking oreo breakfast cereal a cinnamon toast crunch that looks like a churro mm. a nano wafer breakfast cereal they're making it okay for us to eat this cereal for time. dessert
1: lunch yeah anytime
0: dinner I, I didn't really, like they that's how they got back I was like wondering like oh I wonder why they're collaborating like if you guys follow food Beast or just and have an Instagram in general it's you're
1: sour patch kid cereal
0: sour patch kid cereal that's how that's how confident they are at getting you
1: they're not they're they're not trying to trick you with whole whole grain oats
0: oh no, bro. <laughs> You it's want cereal? candy cereal. You are pouring an entire thing of Sour Patch and pouring milk on top of it. They got us.
2: They also know that the cereal demographic is kids. I mean, working at Ralph's, all those sugar, sugary cereals back in the day when I was working there, mm-hmm. bottom shelf. All of them. If you want to get that Sour Patch Kids, you have to kneel down and grab it from the bottom shelf. Because those kids passing by... Adults aren't looking at that. They're up, looking up high, looking at everything. Those kids, boom, eyes locked in. Churl Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Mom, where, where'd you see that? Oh, it's down there? Shit. Where'd you get that from? <laughs>
0: yeah, where'd you get that from? Man, that's how they got back into our hearts. They knew that we weren't just having, like, because even the breakfast cereals that we thought were healthy, that were like the raisin brands, look, there's just as much sugar. Like, the raisins in there is not making it, like, again, delicious. I still love a good raisin bran. Love it 9 p.m. at night. I love raisin bran, bro. Don't look at me like that, Izzy, all cross-eyed <laughs> and shit. Raisin brand's delicious. But holy cow, a little epiphany.
1: Yeah, and I think that that speaks to, like, where we're at in 2019, right? So, we know that with a lot of people who work the 9 to 5s Monday through Friday, there's an... One, there's an out the door mentality. So you're skipping breakfast, you're grabbing a piece of toast on the road, you're juicing, you're doing whatever to give you potentially a little something or nothing at all, and getting out the door. And then on top of that, you have you have trends like intermittent fasting taking hold. And I, I'm curious, Eli, because you're you've now been on this trend of intermittent fasting for uh, I'm imagining at least two or three months. I know it was before the holidays that you were participating in it. But to me, it's reached this level where again, I skipped breakfast. I never thought of it as fasting. I just wait. I just waited. Mm -hmm. But now I'm because I do that. I'm a part of this tribe. That's yeah. I'm not eating from 10 o'clock at night until noon the next day? Is that technically a 14 hour fast? Like I I guess I'm sleeping through eight of those hours and then skipping breakfast and waiting for a break time at work to do that. But it seems like it's prevalent enough to where, I don't know if I hear it as much as keto or as Whole30, but I'm starting to hear it a lot more. And I'm curious if you think if it's at that level
0: And what you think about intermittent fasting so far. So, I mean, for those that don't know, I am not a authority on intermittent fasting. And I'll tell you guys how I got into it just so I can prove how lack of authority I have on it. But I was in Vegas and it was the very start of a month where I was doing a weight loss challenge against one of my friends. And we're in Vegas on some shoots where we're going to film buffets and we're going to eat all this lavish food and it's like a gift and a curse man i love what i do but good lord do we get to eat a lot i'm very thankful i turned to ricky who's a video producer here at food beast jacked right he's <laughs> like look him up on instagram at flex and food very fit dude um and uh i'm like yo ricky like how what do you think man i like i gotta lose a bunch of weight this month uh i want to do it in a healthy way as well but you know i'm basically just trying to cut and he goes, "Why don't you try intermittent fasting with me?" That's what I do. I'm like, "Huh? Okay, Jack, bro, I like that. You look healthy. <laughs> always in a good mood. Why not?" So I was like, "What? What do I do? What, like, what do I sign up? Do I purchase anything?" He's like, "No, dude. Like, just the bare minimum just to get started is pick a window of time during your day that you're going to eat, and that's your eating window. Everything else is your fasting period, where you're just not eating. You're allowing." your body to just kind of recalibrate. I don't know what's going on in my body when I do that. I can't pretend to know, but I just know that like your, my blood sugar levels were good during that time. And basically when you put something into your body, anything more than like 50 calories, you kind of ignite your system again. And so the first couple of days of doing this, while in Vegas it was great because we knew that all of our shooting, all of our filming was happening within a six hour period. I was like, great. I'm just not going to eat until we start filming, say, around 2 p.m. Sure. And then we stopped filming around 8. So my eating window is six hours. First day was really challenging because I'm starving. I'm like trained to wake up and— Think just, about food. Yeah, think about food. I have to think like, all right, do I want buffet? Do I want yogurt? Or do I go to the corner store? What am I going to do? I'm in Vegas. Do I do room service? Confusing and really kind of— It's kind of crippling when you think about all the options you have for breakfast.
1: And I'd have to imagine it's crippling because the routine is gone. The routine is gone. Like the fact that you have to think about new things. You're not just going to go into a mode and get done what you've been doing for years and years or whatever. You're... I mean, especially if it's 2 p.m., that's not just skipping breakfast. That's also delaying lunch on top sure. of skipping breakfast
0: yeah my lunch isn't even happening right at noon right the time you would think and the way obviously i do my half fast research on everything i literally <laughs> it was an offhanded comment from ricky that got me to intermittent fast and i didn't look anything up to see if it was healthy i was like whatever dude i'm just gonna grab a coffee and i'm gonna wait this thing out we worked out in the morning and then we ate it at too it was still challenging the first day because at 8 p.m I got hungry again and I was like, I'm just going to wade through it. But by day two and day three, it almost became like a fun game to see how little I would eat, which isn't a healthy thing, but it was like, how long can my fast go? By day four, my system was just understanding that I'm going to have a coffee in the morning and you're not going to eat till two. And I didn't think about food, came back to the office, didn't think about food. The weight started to melt off. I lost about 25 pounds that month. You lost 25 pounds in a month? Yeah. It was crazy. I worked out. I did I like I, what I would do is I'd wake up in the morning, have a coffee as a pre-workout. Not a huge fan of like all the other shit that you could have to kind of get going. Coffee is like Coke. Like just have coffee. It's natural. And then I would go work out. I'd have another coffee after. And get busy at work and I'd eat at 2 p.m. Sometimes I wouldn't even be hungry at 2. But I would make myself have a really nutritious 2 p.m. meal. Um, And then I would eat another dinner at 8. And then I kept that diet after the first month. And why I liked it was it allowed flexibility in what I was eating. Because I wasn't particularly strict about what I was eating in that window. Because and for
1: context, and and people who have listened to this podcast before, you've gone vegan for thirty days. I just do shit. Yeah, I you, just like you,
0: to just go. You ju- you kind of just jump in. Yeah, I'll jump out the window and build a parachute on the way down and learn about the parachute and ask questions later. So again, I am not here recommending intermittent fasting over another particular diet. It might not work for you. I have a very busy morning, so. And it's consistently busy, so it becomes a very easy diet for me to follow. And I don't even think of it as really a diet in the way that, like, I think keto is a little too restrictive for me because I know I want rice eventually. I want these things. My vague understanding of intermittent fasting that I subscribe to is I'm eating what I want. I'm just eating it in a truncated period and how you mentioned jeff like when you end up skipping a breakfast like you're also saving those calories and you're able to utilize them for like maybe a slightly bigger dinner that you want um or the breakfast foods that you want later in the day
2: you know what's interesting i think something that i don't know if you're conscious about when you intermittent fast but something i've noticed um with people who intermittent fast and even like meal prep your first meal isn't necessarily a breakfast food Like when a lot of times when these guys are intermittent fasting, they're like meal prepping and they're just like in this mode eating like a very specific thing. Like their first meal is like chicken and broccoli Mm -hmm. or chicken and veggies. And it's not necessarily oatmeal or whatever you think of as traditional breakfast. Like even if their first meal is early in the day at 10, it might still just be chicken and veggies it's not always what we think as traditional breakfast they're they're just trying to get their their calories in they're just trying to get their protein in they're trying to get their proper amount of carbs and fat they're not necessarily looking for that traditional food that breaks the fast it's just what they're what they're used to what they're accustomed to and what they've set up for their day that for, fits with their calories
1: and and to that point from a lifestyle perspective when we hear meal prepping and when we hear keto and when you hear whole 30, like those are things that I feel like are pretty well established that have their tribes that specifically are diehards. And then there's this other half tribe or blended tribe that, yeah, I do keto. Mo-. Like I know keto only works if you're, in ketogenesis or whatever ketosis. the term ketosis I, 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 I used did. to play with the ketogenesis
2: when i was little <laughs> Dope whatever, whatever 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 that is on the but like i
1: feel like there's a, a huge segment of people that even for people who who partake in these diets how long can you actually do it for me again, I never looked at it as intermittent fasting. I just skip breakfast because it's easy for me to do so. I'm in a mindset to get to work. It's easy for me to not think about food because I just want to get to work. So do you feel like intermittent fasting has reached a point where that lifestyle is getting as prevalent as some of the noteworthy terms?
0: I think it's getting there. And I think what makes people resonate with intermittent fasting is the very idea that a lot of people are doing it already. Like they seemingly seem to be doing it. Um, it doesn't. It's not a fundamental limiting of what you're eating. So I think that's why people, it's a little easier to subscribe to. It's a little harder to brand. Like it's not as like... Whole 30 is a book you can buy sure. an author you can subscribe to, right? Like people are monetizing off intermittent fasting. Like Blake 201 on Instagram is probably the biggest example of it. He's this dude who like dropped 60 pounds on intermittent fasting and very famously eats one meal a day and he live streams it every and night. now he cooks shirtless. And now he cooks shirtless <laughs> to show off how well he's doing. And he even was on Dr. Oz recently because what? Dr. Oz caught on the trend. This dude's grown; he's like three, four hundred thousand followers on Instagram. Whoa. Every night, spawns up his live stream around midnight and eats the most big meal you'll ever see. It's always like a pizza the size of a small baby. Like it's crazy. <laughs> he's always eating these things. So Dr. Oz invited him on his show to kind of poke holes, try to find out what's up with this intermittent fasting. Like this dude can't be healthy. Like sure, you might drop weight because like a calorie deficit always leads to losing weight. Like doesn't matter what you're doing or what you're eating. If you eat less than your body needs, like you're you will lose weight. Your body will burn that weight. And he went on, and his vitals were incredible, great blood sugar levels, very healthy, good good uh, blood pressure. Everything everything was stellar. And so he Dr. Oz literally was like, I don't I don't know. I can't like whatever you're you doing is working. It, can't sure. critique it. Can't critique it. He couldn't like super duper cosign because he's that is one person and one example. But he has a bunch of people that follow this Blake 201 yeah. diet, this intermittent fasting. And it seems to be working. But like some of the people that I talked to, uh, a HuffPost life editor that I know, she's great, Kristen Aiken. I just asked her like, do you eat breakfast? She's like, no, I don't eat breakfast anymore. She's like, I will throw up. She goes. Well she does. She does a hard workout every morning, and she eats after. But she, if she ever ate before? It would be a done deal for her. And this is someone who has read and curated a lot of really dope literature on Huffington Post over the years about breakfast trends. She's talked to like some of the biggest nutritionists in the world, and a lot of their stories. Like one of the ones, it's like basically like the. T- 12 important CEOs and what they eat for breakfast. Like I mentioned earlier, 11 of those 12 people are extremely light eaters for breakfast. So whatever it is it's you're gonna free, it doesn't matter what they're eating but it's extremely light. imagine water, imagine maybe a yogurt, maybe a, one dude just eats berries like he just loves like a, a mix of blackberries, boys berries, raspberries and that's his thing. I kind of akin it to the way like a Steve Jobs always woke up and just put on the same black turtleneck or Mark Zuckerberg puts on the same hooded sweatshirt. Like the idea it's one less thing to think about in the morning is what made those dudes successful in their own right of just like, I'm not going to think about clothes, at least in the morning when I want to be really effective as a human being. The Homer Simpson approach. What's the Homer Simpson approach? I mean,
2: he just wore that white shirt and those blue those blue pants every day, and he yes. was super successful. <laughs> Maybe not the same thing, but yeah,
1: close,
0: I, I guess. But yeah, so I kind of akin it to that. Is like I'm not saying I'm anywhere near any of those people, but just the idea of before I started intermittent fasting, I would have this like anxiety in the morning because I didn't really have a routine yet, and my breakfast would change day to day. I would wake up and I would have a coffee because I loved coffee, but I always knew i have been ingrained that I needed to have some sort of breakfast. So do I have a banana today? I'm thinking about the banana. Do I make a cereal? Do I make like a protein pancake? Do I make like eggs? And because every day was different and all that, like I started wasting like 45 minutes of my own time and brain space just thinking about what I'm going to eat as opposed to having a routine, getting a coffee, and going out the door, done. Now I can think about my two o'clock meal. And so I think that's what's starting to become sexy about the whole thing is like you think about less meals, but the meals you think of, you could potentially enjoy more, have more time with. Like Jeff, if you're eating dinner more, it's like, cool, man, that's the time where there is no ceiling on my time. You get home from work, you're, it's a self-imposed ceiling. Like if you wanna to go to bed at nine, you know I have three hours to cook, two hours to cook. If I want to stay up late, and eat, I'm gonna do that. But in the morning, it's like this prescribed ceiling of time that everyone has, especially during the week. I think that's why brunch is so sexy on the weekends. Like you could have it at 11 a.m., 12, 1. Let's meet for lunch. If we get a little drunk and buzz and eat too much bacon, it's all good, bro. Like we have four out. We're not. We have to wake up till tomorrow. Yeah, and just think that's a
1: a really interesting contrast because. Ricky Flexin Food says, "Hey, you want to intermittent fast?" You say yes basically on the spot. And even though that breakfast has this crazy emotional power over you, the nostalgia, the smells, the fact that you and I both love breakfast foods, that didn't that didn't penetrate one bit in your consideration from you've now eliminated breakfast and, and for you if you're fast I don't you're fasting on the weekends too. Yeah, I try. So that means you're at least the time period of breakfast, you're fully eliminating it. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty crazy to me. And so again if we're looking at how do we measure is breakfast the most important meal, I have never skipped a dinner in my entire life. <laughs> Ever. I've never done it. Even like if I'm banished to my room as a little kid and like they didn't want this very rare, but like you're skipping dinner for that reason, I'd find a way to snack on something. I would just, there's no, it's hard for me to think about sleeping on an empty stomach. And, and that's not to say I know that there are millions of people around the world that do that every day. And I know it's a luxury that I have, but from the position that I'm in, I would never choose that meal to skip. So does that make dinner more important? Like, yeah, I think it does. Because I can't even imagine
0: a world where I would skip it. Also, breakfast All right, is kind of weird. You ever been, like, in the middle of a work week? For some reason, you're, like, out of the office or, like, not in school. And you stop by, like, an Earth Cafe or any sort of cafe. And it's, like, popping off and all these people are in there. Like, 10, 11 a.m. And you look at them. And I'm just like... What the fuck do you do for a How are you this casual at eleven AM On Tuesday? With, on Tuesday with like mimosas and a stack of pancakes and all your girlfriends or all your boyfriends or your your dude like what? Like I, I genuinely like when I'm driving to work It's an envious feeling. Bro, it's it's a luxurious feeling. Has breakfast become a luxurious thing? Like if you have the luxury to enjoy a breakfast at in the middle of a work week at least in LA it has well and and not just in LA I'd say
1: that and not just for the work week in general I think breakfast has become a culture and it's also a culture that is widely photographed and shared and a status symbol right because look if you're brunching Which I think, to me, for this conversation, is somewhat the equivalent of breakfast. Yes, it happens a little bit later, or can include champagne, or whatever the fuck. But for all intents and purposes, is is breakfast? It's a status symbol.
0: Word. Hey, how was
1: your weekend? Dope. Grabbed brunch at this dope new place. (laughs) Like that's what you hear all the time. And then it's also how are people socializing on the weekend? Well, I don't know about you guys, but again. For the most part, we're all middle class is, yeah, I want to, let's go grab brunch with friends is a very common thing that both myself and my girlfriend partake in. It means you're not working on the weekend. It, it, it means, means you're, you're not, not working on the weekend. It means you're down to spend 40 bucks a person on breakfast food, which is the highest margins in the business. And, and yeah, you might get a bottomless mimosa or you might have had some live music or whatever the fuck brunch is to you yeah but it that's
0: it's part of us it's part of a millennial culture for sure it yeah i don't know i'm seeing seeing those people just enjoy it i'm like am i missing out or is that just a speak on like should we be having those kinds of breakfasts in the middle of the week like should we be able to figure out a workaround Like, why is it that we have to do all the work shit we need to do from like 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. And we have the luxury of basically having brunch at night every day during the middle of the week. Like, that's okay. Like, there's a self-imposed time of us having to get to work at 6 a.m. Because we've built up this culture of like the other businesses that you might work with are 9 to 5. So that's why it is luxurious when you see someone just enjoying breakfast on Wednesday because you're like, you probably do something where you don't need to show up to an office or like no one else is particularly dependent on what you need to do right now. So there's a certain luxury to that because you – maybe you just have like a million dollars stashed away and you do not need to work this week. Like that's, that's what I think of. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? I am jealous. I'm, I'm sitting here jealous of you as I drive through the Orange Circle and I pass by <laughs> all of these basically European-style tables on the side of a street littered with people drinking orange juice and stacks of pancakes. I'm just like, I'm going to go to work right now. Like, what's, <laughs> I get to go eat at work. I'm fucking stoked about that. But I'm just like imagining everyone else has to drive by these people in the middle of the week. And everyone has that cafe near them, wherever you're at, like- you're in New York City, you're in the middle of the country, wherever. Like, who's chilling eating breakfast? They're not all on, like, these business meetings. Like, what I mean, the hell's going on? Maybe people
2: work in late shifts.
0: That could be it. Yeah. That could be it. Shout out to those people. But another, I heard this other thing that is kind of becoming a trendy idea is this idea of, like, a breakfast salad. Where you take... <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Nope. People, stick with me a little bit.
1: So, uh, sorry, just off the cuff, that sounds like one of the most bullshit terms I've ever, <laughs> I've ever heard. And I know this isn't your term, but I, I read that in the rundown right before the podcast, and I literally almost spit out the water I was drinking. You I
0: had was a breakfast like, a salad this morning. I don't know if it was a breakfast salad no, per se. I, and I but, totally
1: did at 11 a.m. this morning, had a steak and kale salad to get, to get the day
0: going. And see, look, let's talk about that. You, have bre- you had a, a steak and kale salad. That sounds like a pretty dope breakfast. Doesn't follow the traditional, like, where's the bacon, where's the eggs, egg, where's that yeah. shit. But here's what you got. You got some good protein. And you got some vegetables. Um, And you just happened to eat it at 11, which is kind of a breakfast time. Sure. And you probably have decent energy right now as a result of it. You're probably not super sluggish. No, I'm fine. Yeah, everything's fine. You're good. So, like... What's wrong? There's nothing wrong no, with that. that's the, that's the, breakfast salad. Now, it's
1: funny that I was criticizing it and also the prime example of it yeah. at, the, <laughs> at the same time. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just because the again breakfast is that a loaded term. I was like breakfast salad. Like what does that actually mean? And I think of all the breakfast things and lettuce, and I'm like, how does that work? But if that's if it means the time period, like breakfast, having a salad. In the morning, just because of the time period, because it's lighter, you still can get a protein element. Like, yeah, if, I mean, that's throwing a label on just something I do in general, right? Which is, I'm not going to try to eat super heavy in the middle of my day because I got shit to do. Mm. And if I ever do that, if we have a client meeting on a Wednesday and we're meeting with them for two hours over a heavy lunch, there's no day I, there's no way I finish that day without getting like caffeine injected into my into me right. you know and i'm i'm not and i'm not someone that drinks coffee every day like i just am not and i also am realizing that i actually am in a pretty strict minority like i don't know very many people that don't drink coffee at all it's so um, weird yeah and i get that all the time no, but no, no, realistically, like, when I'm camping with my friend David, and the first thing he does when he wakes up when he's camping is have coffee. And I was like, oh, the first thing I'm going to go do is go track
0: down that waterfall. And he just was bewildered by it. Well, because I, I, I would be in the camp of your friend David because I'd be like, I don't, how, are, how are you functioning? How are you functioning? Like, <laughs> the way that some people need food to function. People are cranky. <laughs> people are cranky. Like, and I'm cranky. If I don't have a coffee, I don't know if it's the caffeine I don't know if it's the satiation or I don't know if it's just I missed out a part of a routine, but like I don't really want to do anything until I have my coffee. And I know people that don't, they literally just shut down and stop talking. They become mean and angry if they don't eat. They're like, I I plan to eat at three and there's no food and I'm no longer doing anything we want to do. I'm I'm literally going to go home. I have so many friends like that. It's like, it's crazy. Like, you're going to be fine, bro. You had breakfast this morning. Well, and I think that's the, to me,
1: that's the power of the mind more than it is what your body actually needs, because I think the reason become people become cranky, like I will do if I've had, if I've gone through 15 or 20 hours without eating is it's just all you think about. Mm. So the fact, like imagine thinking about a negative thing 80 times in the same hour because everything you do like, oh, I got to do this report, but I'm hungry, man. I'm going to working on this sentence and I'm hungry. Oh, I'm going to turn this report in and I'm hungry. Like that's literally the thoughts like going on. If you were to transcribe your own thoughts when you're Angry when you're hangry, yeah. or when you didn't get your morning coffee. It's your mind pummeling yourself over and over, like fix me, fix me, fix me, fix me. It was
0: fucked. It's like a double-edged sword too, because I remember like studying in college. I'd be like fucking hungry, like 11 p.m. Like, bro, I just need a little bit of food. Cause all I could think about is like a double cheeseburger. Oh, just have one, one, one little double cheeseburger, and I'm gonna be fucking good, bro. We're gonna be good for the rest of the night. So like starving, can't think of anything but the double cheeseburger. Have the double cheeseburger. Now all I could think about is I can't stay up. I'm gonna pass out. <laughs> this shit is so heavy. What happened? And like it's this double edged sword and it's like how my day functions now is like hungry, 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 eat tire, 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 tire. like it's this, this balance <laughs> you
2: gotta chase that cheeseburger with a coffee that's why
0: yeah but it's now your body's working and doing all this stuff and i do like the intermittent fasting because it it actually has like shrunk the meals as well and it has become like it is a it is a trickery of the mind it's an absolute trickery of the mind like i'm looking I,
2: at this breakfast salad article right now mm-hmm. and like the most 2019 thing on here the greek yogurt breakfast salad
0: yeah oh my god is greek yogurt good anymore bro what's going on i and 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 that's and that's why we're having
1: this podcast right there's just there's so many things that get touted as good and not just good as in great but like good for your well-being for your physicality and there's so many messages that we receive mostly from marketers, including from people us of food beast, where like, how do you, you, you can't process them all. And so for me, I just start shutting it down. When someone's like, hey man, I'm like so excited about my whole 30 shit. I'm like, I'm not in the mindset to do something new. So let's just shut this down.
0: <laughs> you treat everyone like a solicitor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm just like, I. well, I and I, again, I and I have to apologize to my girlfriend because when she brings stuff up like this, I'm just like, I don't want to change my, like, I just don't want to change. And unless you're going to present to me, like, enough evidence in a balanced way and in a conversational way that's going to get me to listen to you for 10 minutes and then want to know more. Like, I don't care.
0: We have so much of that to, to, to sift through already there's like an exa- there's like a visual example of every top-of-the-line diet like you want someone who's succeeded in intermittent fasting. If you Google it, that will show up. You want someone who's crushed it a whole thirty. There's gonna be someone that shows up. Like it's an overwhelming amount of information. Hey, you want to drink wine? Google is wine good for you. You're gonna oh, find you're some gonna fire find articles. Yo, on both wine sides. Ba- yeah, is wine bad for you? You're gonna find some shit that counterbalance that argument. <laughs> like yo, intermittent fasting. I looked up some articles on the like before, and they're like it's the worst thing for possibly for you. Like <laughs> oh, like oh god. I'm going to die. Like, that's what's going to happen. Is chocolate good for you? Hell yeah, bro. The darker the better. Like, fuck yeah. I'm going to slay through a fucking chocolate fountain of dark chocolate. And then, oh shit, you consumed so much sugar. Like, you got to listen to your body. And then we get pitched that so much. It's all marketing. bro. You know why Greek yogurt so fire? Why it's so healthy? It was marketed well. John Stamos is a good looking <laughs> dude. Yo. John Stamos, amazing bone structure. Uncle That's Jesse, totally the
2: only reason that well, I and Greek. Yogurt. And
0: it was started marketed
1: around the time where fats were back, like yeah, fast keto. Fats in there, bro. Good sugar, bad. So let's throw let's throw lower sugar and yogurt, make it thicker with more fat, mm. and throw a beautiful Greek man onto a commercial.
0: Amazing looking Greek man. <laughs> Holy cow, bro. So
1: I I do think that there's, and we're we're kind of touching this with the fat and yogurt. But there's a whole nother theory. I was talking. I was talking to our friend of the pod, Josh Scherer, Ooh. A.K.A. Culinary Bro Down. If you haven't listened to that episode that we had with Josh, it's amazing because he's a food producer for The Mythical Morning and Retin Link. Yep. And in general, is. He got has some good takes on breakfast. Has, in general. has has good takes in general, but I wanted to play you guys a quote that he sent in as I was asking him um, if bread if breakfast for him was one of a more important meal of the day.
3: Breakfast is not the most important meal of the day. That is a lie that the oatmeal lobby came up with. It's propaganda to sell more gruel, and it's bullshit. Don't listen to it. Uh, I didn't eat breakfast my entire life. I would always wake up to like six cups of coffee probably a bunch of diet energy drinks in college, and look at me, I'm kick-ass, you know? Like, you don't need to eat breakfast to be a highly functioning human being. What you do is you, like, get a little exercise in the morning, get your caffeine, you're just, like, pissing and sweating until 1.30, and then you're super hungry for lunch, and then you can just, like, binge eat and nap for two hours, and that's the best way to be, in my opinion. However, breakfast foods and breakfast culture at large is incredible, like, I'll put a fried egg on anything. Uh, Pancakes, waffles, french toast, they're awesome. They're just, you know, desserts. Like we came up with an entire subset of foods to call, you know, sweet cakey things covered in syrup. And it's dessert, like eat it at night after a meal, get stoned at one in the morning and eat that. Just, it's insane that we would want to wake up to just, you know, a thousand calories of carbs. You're gonna be sluggish the whole day. That's utterly ridiculous. Uh, Pop tarts, like what are those? Tart is just the French word for pie and we're feeding it to kids before school where they're supposed to like learn and do PE and interact, and we're just like shoving them full of pie. That's borderline child abuse. Uh so no, I don't think breakfast is the most important and, and so <laughs> <laughs>
1: what what was really striking Spicy to take. me from Josh's take is that okay, think of the guilt, right, that you put on yourself if you had two desserts. Alright? So you ate dinner. And you're you're at a restaurant and don't think about the cost or anything like that. But if you're with your family or with a group of friends and then you're like, Mr. Waiter or waitress, I'm going to take the pie and the cake, right? Like, would you just quick question? Would you shame? Would you how would you feel Izzy and Eli if you had decided to do that in front of a group of people? And these desserts aren't for the table. (laughs) <laughs> these desserts oh, these desserts are for you specifically that you've told them that you want to eat.
2: First of all, I'd be surprised if I even left that much room after dinner for two desserts.
1: Sure. So play with me in this kind of hypothetical. The re- The reason why I'm asking is because there's a shame tied to sweet eating at a certain time or in a certain place. Mm. But there is no shame with eating French toast in the morning, which mm. is... Four half slices of egg wash French toast battered in, battered in sweetness and sugar, basically fried on a griddle
0: and then, and then in drenched
1: syrup. in butter and syrup. And that might be just part of the meal. That might just be one aspect of your breakfast because if you're anything like me, you're getting French toast and eggs and bacon and anything else that comes with it. Same... With pancakes, same with waffles. Like these are some of the most decadent, heavy, sugar laden, sweet things in general, not just for breakfast or for dessert.
0: And so I think there's this weird guilt tied to dessert. Yeah, people get like, there's this whole MO of like, after you break up with someone, you have a pint of ice cream. Sure. Right. And it's just this moment, or, oh, haha, look how sad I am that I'm. Just destroying this chocolate cake by myself at home on the couch. (laughs) Like, it's a moment. Like, you don't have that moment. The shame isn't there. It hasn't been for years when you're having French toast for breakfast. Yeah. You put up French toast. Like, good. You did exactly what breakfast is. Good for you. No pat on the back. (laughs) Oh, shit. Damn, bro. You had a whole cake to yourself at dinner. That's kind of (laughs) ballsy. It's kind of ballsy. Are you okay? (laughs) Are you good? Did your girlfriend break up with you? Like, are you good? So... There's, it's weird that for the longest time, there has been a shame for having dessert after dinner twice, but it's totally cool to just have breakfast dessert. Yeah. And, and that, to me,
1: is back to marketing and branding. Mm. Like, it, we are conditioned to think that these sweets is okay in this time period.
0: Like, Nutella was an okay breakfast spread. It is a chocolate spread. (laughs) They got sued. They got sued because of how good their marketing is. We punished someone for being really, really good at their job. And they have to now not advertise as well so they can not have Nutella show up around toast. Because like as delicious as that tastes, that's something that people construe as a good breakfast item. That's crazy to me. Nutella should be... It is a dessert. It's sweet and it's delicious. But it's crazy that we allowed it to become breakfast lexicon. You have it with the croissant. You have it on a crepe. You have it on toast. You have it beside your eggs. It's crazy. In Lebanon, when I go, it'd be... We could talk about our culture's breakfast too because they're all heavy as shit as well. Like, it's not like... It's, just, it's also just not just an American thing. Like... In Lebanon, when I would wake up, I'd spend summers in the village in this town called Douma. There would be every morning a truck would roll by. It's basically a bakery truck, and they would ring it instead of an ice cream truck. It's a bakery truck. They'd ring it, they'd roll up the door in the back, and it'd be filled with fresh baked goods.
1: That sounds awesome. It's awesome. It's well, the best. How can we start that here? Like that that sounds like an like if there no joke, if there was a pastry truck that came out to the loading zone of Food Beast every day at 10.30 or 11 a.m., that thing would crush. It. it would crush. If you could hear the k- 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 of the door going up on this truck and you know that on the
0: inside is fresh baked goods. Fire, dude. And all kinds, like big croissants, like. Zatar pies like meat pies the bread for the day, but it was very known It was kind of a breakfast thing You're getting your pastries for the rest of the day and your baked goods for the day, but you're also that's breakfast time so like the culture of that isn't just American and We do lather in a lot of that I do see a lot more vegetables in other cultures for breakfast than I do in like our traditional American Like kind of breakfast that I see. I don't know if you see any of that Izzy and like like the Mexican meals that you had growing up and, and that you currently have for breakfast. But
2: I don't see many vegetables in almost any Mexican meals any time of the day. There you go.
0: <laughs> there you go. But th- there were the best parts. Like it was, it was nice having like fresh tomato, cucumber and stuff, like just great compliments and getting it in there. Eggs were a big part of it. But it's curious to see. The first time I noticed that an omelet doesn't have to be for breakfast, was I was at this restaurant in LA called Petit Trois mm-hmm. and my friend was cooking there at the time, shout out Chef Aaron, and he brought a burger out, which was delicious, and he's like, You gotta have the omelet. And I'm naive. I'm like, What do you mean, bro? It's fucking nine thirty PM. I'm having like a cocktail too. You know, bring out an omelet. He's like, <laughs> it's traditional French omelet, bro. It's gonna be the best you ever have a trifold. I'm gonna and he, and I watch him make an omelet, butter, chives, I don't know what other magic they put in there, but it's crazy good and it's all this technique and like he puts the egg in a certain part of it and he's never letting the pan sit still so it doesn't fry there's no crisp on this omelet it perfectly folds into this delicious buttery eggy burrito and i had an omelet for dinner for the first time ever and it felt like the best time to have an omelet i would I, i like very rarely have omelets outside of a dinner at this point like I get it when I go to a buffet but at that moment I was like yo this French omelet served at dinner is the best time to have it it's okay I'm having a cocktail nowhere else to be sitting it enjoying it heavy awesome like and that moment I never thought of like why do I need to have egg for breakfast egg is in a lot of shit stir fry I love it. Sometimes my stir fries look more like, I'm a terrible cook. My stir fries sometimes look more like an omelet than they do a stir fry. <laughs> I don't even know how that's possible. Just too much egg. <laughs> oh, god, Too much it. egg. And not knowing how to cook. But still delicious. So not, like,
2: Not quite as luxurious, but Roscoe's chicken and waffles omelet.
0: Ooh.
2: Or Roscoe's insane. chicken and waffles. It's in,
0: yeah. They, they did that a great thing for breakfast culture of like, y'all, it's totally cool to have it at night. Roscoe's is a de- it's dinner place. I don't think they have Roscoe's in the morning. But you should they do they do have a bunch of things that you would construe as breakfast, the waffle itself, the eggs that they have, the omelets. But I've all, I've never been to Roscoe's before like eleven PM. Yeah. Here, Back
2: to the psychological thing, like I have a friend who absolutely refuses to eat typical breakfast foods for dinner. Like he would never go to me like on a with me on like a Jack in the Box run to get breakfast. He'd be like, no, I got to have a burger. I'll be like, yo, let's go to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles for dinner.
1: He'd be like, no, hell no. That's that's breakfast. I'm like, what? And, And that's and that person to me is going to be in the crazy strict minority because everything that we're talking about for the last 15 to 20 minutes points to breakfast is changing. It's no, long, it's no longer going to be necessarily a day-to-day, everyone's going to have breakfast in a certain style. We already know that's changed. We've identified that. Breakfast foods are going to exist because they're amazing and they're decadent and they're rich and they're things that people crave, the smell of bacon, the smell of sausage. We haven't even talked about eggs at all, which is like the cheapest most amazing idiot proof food that like any almost practically anyone can make We're just going to experience them at different times. So breakfast is breakfast the most important meal of the day? No, but is it gonna be something that we still is it still a huge part of our culture that exp, that's experienced outside of the realm of 6 a.m to 10 a.m? Yeah, it is. And that's what we're just having to get used to. Like breakfast is going to be a term for f- for foods, but it's not going to be a term for for time period. In my opinion. So is breakfast time dead, but breakfast food stronger than ever? I think so. I- and and even if we go based on our own insights of what we're seeing, right? If we're going with egg yolk porn, if we're going with the French French toasts that used crazy thick Hawaiian bread. Mm. Like these are all things that people love craveable and want, but is that a food that you're going to eat every day of the week? Like, no, you're going to treat it like a grand dessert. You're going to treat it like a treat Mm. that it is because you're not going to dedicate the time in that morning to one prepare that French toast is not an easy thing. Purchasing that French toast is an expensive thing. So, because that how that's how that shifted,
0: we're just gonna be eating it less, but not within the morning, in my opinion. Is there less magic though? And again, this is coming from dude who's not eating breakfast. But is there less magic when it's not in those like morning hours? Like, or is that just literally all a nostalgia branding thing in my head? That like when the sun's coming up, I correlate that with bacon and eggs and Sasha's. The sun looks like an egg bacon feels like waking up i
2: think marketing has a lot to do with that with the commercials we would watch growing up right like
1: best it, it? part of waking yeah. up
2: or like was it was it Hillshire farms or who's the one that had like like the actual literally what you just described like yeah. the sun going it's a, up it's and literally a commercial like a, i don't know yeah. who
0: but a couple people probably done it
2: and like when you describe your like nostalgic scenario earlier in the conversation mm-hmm. like i didn't have that what i had was like what you were saying was a commercial to me like i i didn't have like the bacon sizzling but i had like visions of a commercial where the bacon was sizzling
0: what's funny is in our in like movies and tv there's always this setting especially like in the early 90s every like setting of a breakfast room that set of a tv show or a movie always had like the perfect breakfast right like crispy white toast there was some eggs. There was some bacon. There's maybe a stack of pancakes or waffles or some shit, and no one's really eating it. It's yeah, that- always <laughs> like the 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 white husband who runs strolls downstairs like, oh, the wife made all this fucking amazing breakfast food. He grabs one piece of toast, takes one bite out of the corner, flops it down on the plate, cracks a little bit, and runs out the door like, bro, you just it's an amazing breakfast you just <laughs> left behind. Like kids are always like, I oh, don't eat any of this shit. Like. Don't get me wrong. If I woke up to all that breakfast, I would fucking slay. <laughs> I was like, where? But we built. they built this like through TV too, TV and movies. Like every movie you saw was like really cool breakfast nooks. Like the kitchen was this setting and usually it's not a dinner that they're sitting around. It's always breakfast. And yeah, those little things ingrained it over time that can we possibly or do we want to unwind that? Because literally the only reason we seem to be unwinding the idea of eating breakfast foods not at breakfast is for health reasons and our work culture. Those are the real big reasons, at least to me, that I don't eat breakfast at those times. Because I love Sunday. Sunday, I go over to my parents' house. My dad always makes omelets. And it's just a thing. It's happening in the morning. If I could do that on Monday, I probably would. If I didn't know that I had shit to do after... I probably would. So kind of leaning into that, like,
2: how much do we forget about like the familial aspect of breakfast, like sitting down at the table with your family and eating breakfast? I feel like as a kid on the weekends, that was like a more plausible thing, like maybe even going out to like IHOP or Denny's or the local Mexican spot and like just sitting with your family and having breakfast. I feel like that was more of a thing or more attainable attainable or like something that we would do more than maybe at dinner time Mm. like i feel like i would have breakfast time with my family more than i would a
1: dinner i don't know if that's like something that maybe you guys experienced well and that's actually a lead into what i think the major reason why we have nostalgia for breakfast in the morning well at least from eli and my perspective i know your family i know my family is well and previously uh, on the potty like you mentioned how you would go camping or be in an area where you look forward to breakfast because it's also the people surrounding you mm-hmm. and i think that's something that to me the breakfast you remember aren't the breakfast experienced alone it's right. when there's bacon sizzling and you're coming around a table and and you're excited, the moments that you're thinking about, you know, part of that is going to be the brand messaging that's been pushed toward us. Another part of it is if you've been lucky enough to have a family unit that celebrates around a breakfast table just for being there, right? It's just like, this is a, this is food to just be together. Mm. To me, that's like the biggest nostalgic part and argument for breakfast is... When I wake up, do I want to start the day with a familial connection or or a human a connection to humanity with people that I care about? Like, yeah, we happen to be eating and that's like a big aspect of it. But that bacon smell for me reminds me of my mom. It reminds me of the care that she's taken to provide for a family of 4 and the time that she's putting toward it, getting up ahead of everybody else thinking about what they're going to want without asking them and then literally being able to stumble downstairs for me and eat
0: something that I like and I didn't do shit. Maybe it's because we're, if we're seeing a dip in breakfast, maybe it's because all the other stats of millennials getting married later, people not having as close of like family time. So like, I definitely stopped eating a lot less breakfast when I live with my brother. Like, both of us wake up, go to work, we're gone. Like, we also, there's stats and data out there that we're getting married later as younger folks. So, you're probably either living alone or in an environment where, yeah, the time you're going to eat breakfast is not around a ton of people, it's going to be by yourself so you don't put the emphasis on it that you think you should or want to or care to do. Like. Cool, if I could just grab a coffee and go, I'll go. Because like, what am I missing out on? It's not like I'm sitting down eating with my family doing it. And so maybe that is like intrinsically part of why we might be losing a bit of breakfast is that people are having families later. They're staying single longer. They're not, you know what I mean? And like the people that I know that do have breakfast are the younger folk around our age who do have a family already and do it to establish a sense of familial do you guys Oura. remember
2: the point that um John Kessler of Infinity Sauces made when he came by? He was talking about how breakfast is important for him because he does it. He has breakfast with his kids and he teaches his kids and his kids help him make breakfast and that's like that's his way of ingraining them into like making Food and being proud of making your food every day and having that type of consistency.
1: And having a teachable moment with your kids built into a routine that, you know, with the routine, it forces those beautiful interactions to happen. If you're a kid and you're a father and you know that you're going to make breakfast three or four times or five times a week or whatever that is, I mean think of all that positivity to start that day that 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 that's having yeah Um, that's amazing i mean again like and for me the the thought of breakfast the thought of i very rarely have breakfast with my full family anymore but that's something now when it happens on christmas morning
0: it's tight does it get better it's so
1: exciting yeah it's so exciting that you're gonna have that time to be Together as a family unit and also, like, connected to
0: someone that's hopefully making some pretty darn good food. Well, see, why I like it better than dinner is when you're around with your family during the holidays, for example. It's sitting down at a dinner table is too formal. So, like, people make fun of dinner because, like, ah, man, it's kind of like. Do I have to force small talk? Breakfast is chill. Like, yeah, there's going to be bacon, there's eggs, whatever you're having on the table. You could come, you could go, you could sit at the TV, you could sit there. Imagine having fucking breakfast or having dinner. Like, no one, it's not really that kosher in a lot of environments to like grab a plate and go sit by the TV. I do that at my house, but we don't like a formal dinner. Yeah. Like, but breakfast is totally cool to be informal. Everyone's waking up at a slightly different time. You want coffee, you don't. I love it. And there's that level of it not being so serious that makes it to me still a more valuable meal than dinner to me. Hot take is, is
1: breakfast better because there isn't the psychological pressure to like update the people you're with about what's happening in your life. Because dinner to me is that. Whether it's with my family or with my girlfriend or whatever, there's kind of this, should I now say what happened about my day? And some of times... Because co- the day has elapsed. Right. Breakfast, and like, we don't know what's going to happen at, yet. On top of that, people are waking up. And so there's... You would let people sit in silence at breakfast. It's cool to do so. And it's fine because, uh, the excuse is... They're sleepy, I'm sleepy, like I'm not in a talkable mood. But that doesn't exist at dinner time.
0: If you're grumpy at dinner, you're a grumpy person. You're a
1: grump. You've, you, yeah, if
0: you're grumpy at dinner, you're a grump. If you're grumpy at breakfast, it's normal. Well, it's Needs another day. Get some coffee in this guy. Yeah, it's okay. We're all hungover. <laughs> so, so we're all getting through this together. If you're at dinner and getting through shit, don't go to dinner. Go home. What's the point? Like that's... Ha, there, I, I feel like there's more tension around dinner There's more seriousness around dinner Than there is around breakfast Like I liked when I started seeing the idea Of like breakfast meetings at work So like Having a coffee Is a cool way to also do business But it doesn't have
1: the Let's grab
0: a meal The gravitas And the The tension of a dinner That could be three hours Could be Do we go for drinks after A coffee is a coffee A breakfast is a breakfast. There's a time and that's why it's cool. It's actually a good business tactic in a lot of ways. Like, can we have our discussion over breakfast? Casual. Casual. You could still have important conversations. Dinner has this thing where like the conversation is likely not going to live up to what you came to dinner for. Because you're at fucking dinner. You're at Fleming Steakhouse. Like, is your your conversation going to be worth the 300 bucks? Or is it going to be worth the pancake meal you had in the morning? Like, your conversations (laughs) are always going to come out stronger out of breakfast because your setting is less intense. Where dinner, like, unless you're grabbing outside of a taco truck and now you get, like, our conversation is definitely, like, worth this. We're getting good food, not spending anything, casual breakdown. Like, that's really cool. So there's those parts of breakfast you don't want to lose. I don't want to lose. And I like that. It is the familial. It is I I still think it's the most emotive close hands, meal of the day. Hands down. The day. And and that emotion is coming from potentially those mornings where you're not talking to whoever's across the table from you. You guys are just enjoying waking up together. Like Breakfast in bed is gross, though. Ooh, fuck, <laughs> breakfast in bed is fuck. gross. Why would I want breakfast in bed? Any bed. Like, this is dope for an IG picture until you realize what you're sitting in. Did you not just sweat all night? Just sitting in a bed? And you're gonna bring... Crumbs are gonna go all over the place? Yo, I don't even like AC, it in a hotel though. room. Dude, people sweat. <laughs> Dude, you know how skin you lose at night? Yeah, just yeah, yeah, just being sure. a human being? Breakfast in bed is fucking gross. <laughs> <laughs> at me, bro.
3: It's I, disgusting. I don't,
0: there's no food allowed in my room anymore now that I'm an adult. Now that I clean my own room, there is no breakfast, food, anything allowed in my room. Water, maybe, because when it spills, it just dries. I don't like the thought of breakfast
1: in bed. Some of the reasons because of you listed. But also, I don't have a tray. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yo. like, who... Like, I, I'm trying to think of, like, the people I know that actually have... All the things we see in media about being like the the being the awesome kid who's going to wake up early and make their mom scrambled eggs like it's not the same if you just give a plate to someone in bed it fucking sucks like there's there's no way that you want to like hold your plate with your left hand and use a fork with your right hand and that's a pleasurable breakfast experience <laughs> And on the, on the other side of that coin, I don't know a single person that has, oh, the elevated tray that when you place on the bed sits at a height if you were sitting in the bed that you could actually eat from. All those IG photos are fucking at
0: hotels where they have all that shit. No one has that at home. And what do you do with it after you're done eating? Now it's like work for everybody. <laughs> like I remember once. This is why I never do breakfast in bed. It's probably scarred me. It's like I... I it was like Mother's Day or my mom's birthday or some shit. And I'm like, We're like, hey, we're gonna make some breakfast, we're gonna get the mom in the bed, whatever. <laughs> so we fucking we found I don't know what tray we we'd probably We used like a cookie sheet. Like that's what we had. We had a cookie sheet, we put the shit on it. I was like, which doesn't work because it, it's gonna flop all over the place. She's gonna have to put inside.
1: it on her knees. She's gonna have to keep her legs straight the entire breakfast so that it doesn't <laughs> so it doesn't fall over. And on top of that, like if you're trying to deliver beverages And food. I don't have the
0: skill set for that. (laughs) So we're going down our hallway. My mom's room is like the last one in the fucking house. We got to go through the hallway. We're bouncing coffee. uh, Uh, Orange juice. Really really shitty eggs that we made (laughs) with like the shell still in it. Zata that's like not on the toast properly. And all I could see is as we open the door, my mom's sitting in bed still. They were like, happy birthday. She's terrified. (laughs) She's like, what the fuck? get
3: the fuck out of my room. You're going to spill
0: all that shit. She was mortified. She didn't have it.
1: This is my room in the morning. I'm half naked and you're my son. Get (laughs) the fuck out of here.
0: (laughs) I walked in on my pants. I
3: can't help but
2: think that breakfast in bed is like modeled after like hospital. Like breakfast where you just have that tray rolled into the bed and you're like forced to eat it through that like weird tray
0: that can easily slide into the bed maybe that's why we should maybe that's what like yeah like if you need breakfast in bed you you're handicapped of some sorts like wake up and go to the kitchen or mr
2: feeney at boy meets world
0: what i know mr feeney but i don't get the connection
2: never mind you guys didn't see that that episode <laughs> 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 sounds like sounds like a very specific breakfast in bed episode <laughs> that three uh, people <laughs> listening to this podcast will get oh hell no there's there, there's way too many people that watch boy Means world i love it yo okay there's okay, a, a sp- here, there's, okay abs- there's a specific one where fucking where they open where mr feeney's gone and they use his house and all his stuff to open a bed and breakfast
1: okay that's amazing <laughs> please dm food beast if you know of this episode and know what izzy is talking about if we get more than three <laughs> if we get more than three i will buy izzy lunch if, oh, if, it, if oh it's man you said a ton of people would know about absolutely. it absolutely dude mention it in the insta story mention it in your p- promo tweet do whatever you want if you get three people to say i know that episode I got your lunch. Bro, you're going to get any, like 60 DMs. Any okay, taco truck do you it. want,
0: dog. Any taco truck you want, <laughs> Jeff got you, bro. Jeff Up got you. Up
1: three tacos, any taco <laughs> truck that you want. They will detail that episode to you.
0: Watch. Any free toppings but, from the taco truck.
1: But seriously, how did breakfast in bed become as like sexy, this is a romantic thing? Because here, here's what I will say to you, Eli. I do eat in my bed. It's not breakfast. It's your bed. Do whatever you want. <laughs> My girlfriend hates it. I like to eat things snacky in my bed, and it's not because it's because I'm lazy. It's not because I'm enjoying eating it in bed. It's because I just happen to be in bed, and I position snacks to where I'm going to be the most lazy. <laughs> so last night, for example, I'm eating brownie brittle in bed, which worst. is like the ac- the for sure worst thing to eat. And I'm doing my best. I'm like eating it over an open bag which catches 40% yeah. of whatever i'm eating. But it's one of those things where i want to eat i'm in re- in i'm in relaxation mode. I don't have tons of different spaces in my house where i'm relaxing. So the bed is where i relax and i snack there. But i get why i i would cuz If you've been to the Food Beast office, we have a lobby where people eat their lunch at all the time. It's not really made for people to eat their lunch at. So if you're fork and kniving something, it's really not a good place. I will come into the conference room to eat my lunch, be a loner by myself, because I don't like the idea of cutting or forking an enchilada in my lap around other people. Like, I just don't do that. So the thought of eating breakfast in bed... No, like if I'm, if there are eggs, if there are, if there's bacon, if there's anything that I'm remotely using a fork and knife for,
0: that sounds terrifying. Breakfast in bed from an article I found, they relay breakfast in bed is the mile high club of meals. Okay. I don't agree. Or actually, I 100% agree that (laughs) breakfast in bed is the mile high club of meals. Here's why. Breakfast in bed sucks for all the reasons I mentioned. Being in the Mile High Club, like, what's the fucking point? Cool. I had sex at this... Like, so you had sex in a bathroom. That's awesome. It's just as dirty as eating in your bed. Like, yes... I want to bang this person in a bathroom with, like, the most disgusting of sneezes that have been all over the town. It's, like, really uncomfortable positions. The the thrill of getting kicked off a plane and getting gonorrhea. Like, all those shits are amazing. <laughs> yeah, just like eating breakfast in bed. So, yes, breakfast in bed is the mile-high club of meals. It's the worst place to have your fucking meal. It's the worst place to have sex. Like...
1: The airplane. The bathroom. airplane. The not airplane Bathroom. Bath not, op- not the bed. Not the bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. Hey, I've totally had sex before, guys.
0: <laughs> totally not a virgin here. <laughs> Don't at me. All right, guys. Is that a good ending? Breakfast in bed is the mile high club of meals. I mean, I feel like we've, we've talked about breakfast
1: is going to continue to exist outside of the a.m. hours. And breakfast in bed sucks.
0: That's, That's a good place that, to end. I that feels like pretty, that.
1: That feels pretty strong. Is he?
2: I feel like this conversation just made me like more cynical and like I have more trust issues because I feel like anything I eat for breakfast has been molded and like controlled by PR to make me think that this is what I want for breakfast. So now I just can't eat it out of principle because mm. I feel like anything I'm gonna be eating, like hop had its hand in, or like some dude in the 1920s made me feel like. Still to this day, I need to have eggs and bacon for breakfast. And now, like, I feel like this has ruined it for me.
0: Sorry. So we did ruin breakfast for everybody. Appreciate that.
1: But it's also delicious.
0: So you'll be back. is. Yeah. Yeah. Not all PR people are demons. <laughs> Anyways, guys, thanks for uh, allowing us to, to kick it with you for another beautiful week of food discussions here on The Ketchup. My man over here is at Book
1: of Eli on Instagram. Uh, here, follow but- me, Jeff with a G, Jeffrey Cutnick at mm-hmm. Instagram. If you've seen that episode of Mr. Feeney on uh, what uh, Boy, bo- meets world. Boy Beats World, please DM us so I can buy Izzy lunch. Or uh, leave it in the comments. But people
0: or- are not going to see that episode. They're just going to DM <laughs> anyway <laughs> to fucking get you a free lunch. That's awesome. Yo,
1: if you DM me about Mr. Feeney, I'm going to send you a shirt. If you're if you're this if you're this deep in the podcast and you're listening to this horrible outro, I owe, I owe it to both Izzy and you to send you a shirt. Or even leave like an
2: iTunes comment and like your, put your favorite part of that episode when like Sean and Corey got in trouble.
0: We have really dope guests coming up, as we always do. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Breakfast in bed is the Mile High cup of Meals. Don't do it. Bye. Bye.